0: All right. Day 191. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is John, and I just want to remind you that this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. And once again, what a wonderful picture that we get of God as we near the end of the book of Isaiah, remember, we're in the second half of the book, right? If the first half of the book is primarily God uh, talking about the judgment that Israel is going to get as they turn their back on him, the back half of the book is this consolation. It's this concept of hope. And Isaiah uh, 60 starts off in verse 1 is just this kind of consolation of God saying, hey, y'all, there's a new day coming. And he starts off and says this, arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness will cover the earth and total darkness, the peoples, but the Lord will shine over you and his glory will appear over you. So once again, in the midst of God comforting his people, Isaiah 60 is just this uh, proclamation of God saying, look, the light isn't just at the end of the tunnel. The light is coming. This is the dawning of a new day where God is taking this burden of comfort on his shoulders, and he's talking about all of what he's going to do to ensure that the covenant that he makes with them this time won't be broken because it's all going to be dependent on him, right? The tabernacle uh, God came and he dwelled with them, and that had to be put away because of their sin. The temple, God dwelt with them in the temple, and Israel is exiled right now because of their sin. Jesus is going to come and dwell with them in glory, but again, the people are going to put him on the cross and do all that they can to to try to push God out. But here, God is promising That one day things are gonna change. It's not gonna be like it is right now, and it's just this, this um, idealized and this hopeful picture of the future. And at the end of the day, uh, Isaiah sixty is good for us because sometimes uh, we just need to be reminded that things won't always be the way that they are right now, right? Um, Sociologist Jean Kerr, she defines hope like this. She says, hope is the feeling that the feeling that I have right now isn't permanent. And I don't know if you just breezed through this in your reading for today, but go back and read through Isaiah 60 and just look at all of the things that God promises. The nations will come. There's going to be peace No more war. The sun and the moon are really going to be obsolete, right? We're going to let the sun and the moon cash out their 401ks, and they're going to go live the rest of their lives somewhere else because they won't be needed to give the people of God light, right? Isaiah 60, John is going to borrow from this as he writes the book of Revelation, right? That there's something about us being reminded that the feelings that we have right now, Aren't permanent. Right? So then Isaiah 61, it builds on this, right? So now God comes in and he starts to speak again and he says, Wait, 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 I want y'all to know uh this good news gets better, right? That this is not just the beginning of a new day, it's actually the beginning of a new type of Existence. So even before the good news comes, Isaiah 61 is God coming to announce this good news. And as you read the beginning of this, if you're familiar with the Gospels at all, uh, you'll be reminded that when Jesus gets on the scene in Luke 4, this is what he does. He goes into the temple and he takes this and he reads it and says this, the spirit of the Lord God is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim this, the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance to comfort all who mourn. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, wait, y'all, this is better than just me saying that a new day has come. He's saying, no, no, no. As he's come into the world, this is the beginning of a new kind of existence. There was this concept called the year of Jubilee. And what it was, was every seven years, uh, the land basically got a one month or the land got a one year sabbatical. Right. So after seven years of hard work, the land and the people got this one year of accrued paid time off and what would take place here was that the land would get a chance to rest people would be reminded that god um cares for us that god is the one that provides for all of our needs well what you f- find is that at the end of the 50th year so after seven iterations of seven on the 50th year it's this thing called the year of jubilee where all debts are canceled the lands, the boundaries were reset. The wealth gap was reordered. The slaves were set free. And it was a time for God to ensure that there was balance, order, and that justice reigned and that the rich couldn't continue to exploit the poor. But as the Messiah comes and is going to share this truth, people are hopeful because this is a different kind of year of Jubilee, right? It's not just a time where there. Natural debts are canceled. But as these people have experienced themselves in bondage, God has said, No, no, no. things are going to change. I'm going to bring you back and it's going to be a different type of existence. And this is extra special for us, those of us who have felt the enslaving power of sin and what it means to be distant from God, that our debt of sin has been canceled in Christ. There's a freedom the 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 wealth of God's favor has been redistributed and Isaiah 61 ends with this rejoicing right rejoicing over an announcement right first of all rejoicing is always the proper response to the revelation of God. Whenever God reveals himself or what he's like, rejoicing is the reflex of the soul that knows that they've grasped something uh, about God. But the thing that we see at the end of this text is this, if rejoicing is the reflex of the soul of somebody that has understood something true about God, faith is the very fuel for worship for the people of God. Because remember, This response at the end of Isaiah 61 comes after an announcement. So they put their faith that God is going to be true to his word, which he always was. And the news just keeps getting better. Isaiah 62, God's going to come in and he's going to say, hey, Zion, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to give you a new name. And for us, that really doesn't mean anything, but it's kind of like this. God had always viewed his relationship with his people and referred to it as this like spousal thing, right? The closest of bonds. And God's going to say, look, because of your unfaithfulness, right? I didn't divorce you, but we were separated for some time. But now I've done the hard work for reconciliation to work things out. I'm going to take you back. And when I take you back, I'm going to renew your vows. And we're going to start this thing afresh. And you're going to have this new name in the same way that a couple that gets married. My boy, Keith just got married uh, last week. And Jasmine, formerly Stinson, took on his name. She's Jasmine Pinkney, And with that new name, there's a closeness. There's uh, this lifelong bond. There is a unity of identity and unseverable relationship. And this is what God says he's going to do. for His people that have failed and rejected him, he's going to bring them back and bring them back closer than they were before. And all Israel needs to do is to prepare themselves all the people of God need to do is to prepare themselves. Over and over through these texts, God is saying, look, I'm going to be the one that does it. I'm going to be the one that finishes the work of bringing you back. Isaiah 63 says, not only am I going to bring you back, but I'm going to make sure that all your enemies are wiped out so that Even after you're brought back, you never have to fear leaving again because every danger has completely been taken care of all by me, all based on God's goodness and kindness. And it's the knowledge of these factors, all of them, that should cause the prophet's audience, Israel at at that time, us at this time, to trust in God, and to give him glory for what he's going to do for his people. Look, you can trust God. Your future is in his hands, all of it, every single detail. Father, we pray that you would help us to trust you, to trust our futures with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.